Plot twists. We're obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story where it takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, comedy and impressions lover. And I'm Fran, super fan of reality TV and rom-coms. And we're from now. And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favourite plot twists, both on and off screen. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems that you've never heard before. Contain spoilers. Obviously. I'm going to keep this short and sweet, guys, because, as you may be able to hear, I'm on the verge of losing my voice. Great. Be a podcaster, they said. <laughs> well, I tell you what is exciting about being a podcaster. You get to speak to Mia McKenna-Bruce and Kieran Moore, who are both starring together in Vampire Academy, the new Peacock original series. All episodes are available on now. If you love the book series by Rochelle Mead, Vampire Academy, or you just love vampire film and TV shows in general, then seriously, this will be up your street. Now, for those that are not initiated, in Rochelle Mead's world within Vampire Academy, you have the Maroi, who are mortal vampires, who are more or less peaceful, I suppose. And their enemy, the evil vampires, are known as the Strigoi. And then you also have the Dampiers, who are this sort of half-human, half-vampire hybrid, if you will. And they're often protecting the Maroi. So you've got Kieran Moore, who plays Dmitry Belikov, who's a Dampier guardian. He's also Rose Hathaway's love interest. She's a Dampier in training. She's a sort of female lead, played by Cece Stringer. And then Mia McKenna-Bruce plays Mia Karp, who's a non-royal Maroi, who has aspirations to be a royal, to be at the top of the table. Now, that's a bit of background. I'm going to let them describe things a little bit further. But what's really interesting about the two of them Mia herself has had a really interesting career that is now going on to, you know, bigger and broader heights. You may remember from sort of like Tracy Beaker, and she's done a lot of child acting roles. In Kieran Moore, this is really his first big break because actually his background it really hasn't been acting. He's very artistic and he's got a love for poetry, but he was actually a very talented and competitive amateur boxer. And up until the age of 2021, that probably was going to be his his career, his path. But he had a love for acting, a love for the arts, and he has transitioned across career-wise. And it's uh, what, what an incredible story that is. And as a boxing fan, I'm, I'm quite fascinated to kind of delve into that as well. So let's get into it. And you know what? I've done this before. You can call me a broken record. I think with Christina Hendricks and Amy Beth McNulty come to mind. But starting a conversation talking about Pets, talking about dogs, cats, always a winner. And Mia's got Tiggy. So let's kick off there. Let's see where this goes. Here it is. Mia McKenna-Bruce and Kieran Moore on Plot Twist. Hey, guys. Pleasure to have you on the podcast. Really lovely to have you on. You know what? I didn't want to do this, but I feel I don't want to be under pressure. I don't want to be difficult, but I wanted to go straight in. I wanted to ask probably the most important question that is going to be asked today. And Mir, it's, it's directed to you. Don't look scared. Honestly, it's fine. How's Tiggy? How, how's Tiggy getting on? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yay! Okay, yeah, I'm not scared at all. Um, she's great. She's just, I've just actually adopted another dog that arrived oh. 
three weeks ago now. So she has a brother, which she's actually not that happy about, but she's getting there. <laughs> it's like that kind of initial blending period. You need to kind of just immerse and yeah, get them together. I mean, and... she's not a dog. Like she doesn't really understand dogs. She doesn't think, because I, I treat her like a baby. And then this other dog, Mango, that we've now got is very dog-like. So she's quite confused. I feel like we need more Tiggy updates. You know, we've seen these incredible photo shoots and behind the scenes access that you've posted, which is great, but we've got to see a bit more Tiggy, I think. You know, okay, just, just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> Kieran, are you a dog lover? You yeah, are... I love dogs. My dog doesn't love me, though. Like, very much my mum's dog. Like, um, <laughs> I've got an interest in it. He's like my brother. I know it sounds weird, but he's literally like my brother. It's like having a brother and we fight for my mum's attention. And I'm quite boisterous, so I come in, I'm like, hello, mum, this has been my day. Yeah. And then the dog just attacks me and sort of like <laughs> barks at it. He's, he's, uh, he's two-faced, though, because when she leaves, he's like my best mate. Yeah. <laughs> straight all the It's doing. all a game. It's he all a gag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, we could talk about dogs all episode, but we, we need to talk about Vampire Academy and Plot Twist. <laughs> but before we do, I was just really interested, and I'm sure both of you have already been asked about this a little bit, but about your backgrounds before acting. And, and Kieran, like boxing, I'm a huge boxing fan. So it's no about your oh, background is pretty cool. Thank you. You know, doing that for over what, 15 years? And yeah, yeah. I mean, I started boxing. My dad's quite a competitive person. He was always a footballer and always wanted to be a boxer. And he started boxing when he was like 23, which when he had me with my mum. My mum had me. Anyway, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I found, I just found, yeah, I, he never really pushed me at the start. He, uh, I found some boxing tapes when I was done. He used to put the VHS in to watch, uh, yeah, to watch yeah. TV. And one of them was my dad's fights and I was kind of hooked. I was really young. I was like five. I was like, I want to do that. And then, um, yeah, I just started training from a very, very early age. You can't compete though in the UK until you're 11. Mm. So for like five years, I was like itching to fight and I developed pretty quickly because we had a good gym in Manchester. So then I used my Welsh descendancy to fight in Wales when I was 10 because you can fight a year early. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So we'd, we'd drive to Wales every other weekend. I had like six fights there. And then I fought up until I was about 21. Yeah, 20, wow. 21. I was always going to go pro. That was always my life. I think I got a little bit lazy within that as well, you know? And you're like, oh, this is going to be my future. I don't have to worry about anything else. But yeah, I just kind of fell out of love with it, really, over time. Boxing has a very special place in my heart. But as you know, as a fan, it's a very dangerous sport if you don't give it your all. And I've got too much respect for it, really. So yeah, I hung up the gloves. I still mess around. As you can see, I've got a little bit of a broken <laughs> nose there, which uh, I actually, I didn't pick that up until I quit boxing. I went sparring one Christmas, like two years after I retired. Yeah, headbutt, boom, straight away. Oh, I was wow. like, no. But yeah, no, it's a massive part of my life. It's translated well into acting. And yeah, here I am talking about boxing it, it is a different sort of transition if you will career-wise but actually there are relations in terms of the focus and the intensity and you can kind of bring methods across from one discipline to the other and it's a form of art right yeah definitely i think um it's this idea that i've, I've been asked this quite a lot recently and it's made me really think about it because i used to just say the similarities with that but the more i think about it it's kind of like in boxing you imagine yourself better than you are already you know there's something to hit you have to be something else if you want to be a champion you got to train like a champion you know you can't sit in yourself a little bit and that really helps with the process of acting you know you're constantly pushing past yourself and the discipline as well the relationships mm. with people you realize it's just an exchange of energy really but yeah I've met a few boxers along the way it's always funny though because a lot of people 
have boxed from a early age and I really keep it quiet. There's not really much footage out there. I've always took it off the internet. And then I meet friends and they're like, oh yeah, I used to box. And like, yeah, I had a couple of fights. I'm like, oh, I had like 70 fights throughout the country. And they're like, what? Like that's yeah, different. Yeah, different kind of level. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my previous passion, more than one life. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, the fundamentals of, of boxing like that, I suppose, especially when you start, is about good footwork. And talking of good footwork, Mia, ballet and dance was, uh, was sort of your background, right? That was... Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Did you not? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that, no. <laughs> not since I broke my ankle, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the pirouettes <laughs> in the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I started dancing when I was two. Wow. I always had a lot of energy. I mean, I still do. But as a kid, I was even worse. So my mum tried to channel that somewhere, took me to the local dance school. And yeah, I started dancing and kind of like hearing like, I always just assumed that would be my like career from there. And I mean, I took it super, super seriously growing up and then kind of went into acting through dancing. <laughs> what, what was the point where the transition started? Were you thinking actually acting is where, this is where I'm heading, this is what I want to do. and. So it's a bit of a stupid story. I kind of knew that I wanted to like perform or whatever. And then I was watching Titanic, right? Um, <laughs> have you heard this story, Kieran? It's so stupid. No, I've not. I like I thought I knew you so well and now I'm like, oh, I'm Who is this person? It's all coming out. It's all coming out. I was watching Titanic and I was like distraught by it. Like I couldn't sleep. I was crying so much because I was like, oh my God, like it was so traumatic. And then my mum got the director to ring me and explain to me that it was a film, that there are actors in this world and like they do that for a job and then explain about costume, makeup, all of that. And I was like, wow, I want to do that. If that's a job, I want to make that a thing for me. But turns out it wasn't the director, it was my granddad. <laughs> I was going to say, just, just casually skipping past the part where the director of Titanic rang you. I was like, wait, where is this yeah, going? Yeah, no, but listen, I thought, I actually thought it was the director of Titanic for so long. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've got oh this really gosh. cool contact in the industry. <laughs> no, it was my granddad that I found out kind of a few years ago now, I think, that came up by accident. And I was like, wait. I've definitely been telling this story wrong then. <laughs> I, I was 23 when I found out. <laughs> oh gosh, that's hilarious and adorable at the same measure. Let's yeah. talk about a, a, a plot twist then. Let's go into that because that's what the whole podcast is centered around is sort of these unexpected moments in our lives, our careers, personal life that can, can change our narrative in one turn. Kira, maybe it might be slightly obvious with you, but is there a standout plot twist that comes to mind? I mean, I've definitely, I'm quite a contradiction, I would say. There's definitely been a few different ventures in my life. I'm a working class kid from Manchester, you know? All my mates are doing different things and I, you see a lot of different things and you're just trying to have a good life, I guess, you know? So eventually you get into trouble and you get into like, I don't know, doing things you shouldn't do. And I was always fighting when I was younger, you know? I, was, I wasn't a very good kid. I mean, I was a really good kid. I was just in the wrong crowds. That kind of pulled me from boxing and that kind of pulled me into modelling because I was boxing one day and someone said, oh, you should try modelling. So one minute I'm getting punched Monday to Friday and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays I was in front of a camera doing modelling and that was always my life. And then, um, yeah, my mum was, I dropped out of college, even though I was quite academic, and my mum was like, and that was never meant to be my life. It was always meant to be, Kieran's academic, Kieran's going to go to uni, Kieran's going to do something great. My mum pushed me to that, dad pushed me to boxing. I pushed away from them both quit college 
pretending I was just going to be a boxer. Um, my mum was like, get a job. Next minute, I ended up in a law firm without any qualifications, doing wow. mortgage reports. And I did that until I was like, I did that on the side. I always treated it like it was a side venture because I couldn't grasp the concept of nine to five working. I've watched my mum and dad do it all my life. So yeah, but I very much was a nine to five job for like <laughs> four years, you know? And then, yeah, I did that right up until I got this job. I was doing my audition tapes wow. whilst I was doing mortgage reports. Like, so yeah, if my old boss listens to this, I am so sorry. So I was doing like mortgage reports on one side and then have my scripts auditions there. So my lunch break, I'd do myself tapes. And then, um, yeah, that was like, yeah, I've been kind of fingers in every part. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a real um, transition though, right? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely met some very different people in different, and that, I think that's the juice of acting really. I don't really have to pretend much because if something comes through, I definitely know or have been around. You've been in that environment, around. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It definitely worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, um, I've got people that buy houses for a living, and I've got people that love the pub, you know? It's yeah, like all yeah, the yeah. people can be the same person. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a plot twist. I guess it kind of is. I think it's because like, one minute I was a model, one minute I was a boxer, one minute I was an actor, one minute I was doing, I'm going to be a property lawyer. Um, yeah. So, and one minute I'm going to be a poet. I like, I like poetry. I write poetry. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm just a big mess of different things trying to be everything. But that blend must, like you say, must help the, the acting because you can immerse yourselves in those different environments and understand how people behave and how they react to certain situations and how you might then portray that. Yeah, 100%. I think it's, it's quite the two things that I always knew I wanted to act. I love TV, I love film. And then when I kind of took a step back, I was only working full time in a law firm. I wasn't modeling much. I wasn't boxing at all. I was like, what do I want to do in my life? I know I've wanted to do more than this. And uh, I always thought I'd do something special. And um, I was like, that's it. I've pretended my whole life. I've literally faked it till I've made it in these different little places. That's what I want to do. I want to act. And then the other thing was, I want to do everything. And acting kind of gives you a slight opportunity to lead them different lives. And one of them being fighting vampires. So <laughs> there we go. There but we everyone go. can say that, can they? But yeah, here we are. Just just before we do come on to Vampire Academy, Mia, aside from being tricked by granddad over the Titanic, what, what is your standout plot twist? Oh my God, I feel like there's been so many twists and turns along the way. I mean, that is for everyone, but I think dropping out of school would have been a big plot twist because that was the moment that I decided, okay, like if I leave school, like, this is my career path definitely this isn't just like me being a kid and getting super lucky anymore it's something that I'm gonna kind of hopefully continue for a long time so I think yeah probably leaving school was a big plot twist loads of things getting Tiggy was a plot twist oh Tiggy <laughs> also I think loads of like rejection and stuff along the way like that's a really big part of acting but I think every time that happens is a plot twist because it pushes you one way or the other I think and that happens a lot yeah because that's the thing I suppose that everyday fans they don't see that aspect do they the amount of scripts that do come in and the opportunities and then the hopes to get raised and then they get taken away quite quickly I imagine it's yeah. it's a pretty brutal but that builds resolve right I think that builds a sort of you know you get some fortitude, yeah, and, mental fortitude right? and at some point like it all makes sense like every time kind of I've had those really big knockbacks that have felt really hard, kind of, I then get another job and I'm like, oh, that's why that one didn't work out. Even though at the time it feels awful. And I think every time it kind of feels like, well, that's it then, this is the end. But 
if you just keep going it has its way of figuring itself out i think yeah i like that well something that did work out vampire academy congratulations it seems like it's been very well received fans are actively engaging and i thought that might be a nice place to start because given that the the books and the previous film there's already this sort of fan base as soon as you get cast and that kind of gets announced did you start to notice that like the kind of the fandom element kieran was that starting to come through like my dimitri and yeah i mean I got very mixed opinions at the start, which I get. I completely get it. You know, everyone's entitled to their own imagination. And you know what? Cornelius, who plays one of me as dads on the show, messaged me the other day. And it was such a beautiful way to put it. It was like, he was congratulating me, but he was kind of saying like, you're taking on a role that so many people believe belongs to them. And I was like, okay, that is so true. And I guess that encapsulates the feeling. But the truth is, he's everyone's. Rochelle Mead wrote that character to be interpreted many different ways by people and the borderlines are there and the limitations of the book were there and the limitations of the fact that someone else had portrayed him and was deemed as perfect, you know, and he was perfect for that time, you know. But yeah, it was just, it really, it was motivating, you know. I'm a competitive person by nature. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is my chance. The more people I can hopefully win over, the better. Um, but ultimately, it's not about that. It's, I knew I was going to work hard and I knew that no one was going to be able to say that Kieran didn't put the work in. That was all that was on my mind. And if I failed with that work, I can hold my hands up and be okay, you know? But there's a great cast around, there's a great team. It's one of the things where you play someone that's so loved and it's such an honour, you know? I didn't get all bad stuff. There were some people that were so devoted from the start and I loved that and it was so motivating and engaging. And, you know, you can't really, you can't really escape it as well. Mm. But I had this idea that how beautiful is it that for whatever reason, I'm doing this thing, telling the story, and people, it makes someone happy, you know, that's never even met me. And that's yeah. really, yeah, that's a special feeling. And as the show's come out, thankfully, more people have been won over by my interpretation of Dimitri. They've realised the book still exists, the movie still exists. This is just a new interpretation. And yeah, I can't deny that I've been welcomed with such compassionate, open arms, and I appreciate every single one of them, you know. It's, uh, that's yeah. really lovely. Have you felt that, Mia? Have you felt the love from the fans? Because you're a vampire lover yourself, right? I'm obsessed. I love vampires. Yeah, I've heard the rumour. <laughs> <I've heard, I've laughs> <laughs> it was my dream to be an actual vampire. So getting to play one called Mia, I'm like... Also, I think, also I think, called Mia. Also called Mia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, Kieran put it perfectly. And everyone is obsessed with Dimitri now that they've seen it. Like, it's so amazing. But um, I think... Everyone has been so, oh, what? there's also this thing going on at the moment on Twitter of like the jail thing. And I have no idea. <laughs> I'm still in it. I'm still in it. <laughs> so am I, so am I. But I have no idea what it is. But you just get this stream of like loads of fans of the show kind of saying, put yourself in jail. And you're like, for you guys, I'm going to do it. So <laughs> we've set our profile pictures to like us in jail. <laughs> I saw that this morning. Yeah. It feels like part of this family, right? It's mad. Like, yeah, that's what it is. It's it like a massive community. family. Yeah, it's a real community. Yeah, definitely. And Rochelle Mead's sort of interpretation, I mean, vampires themselves, they're sort of, I guess they're kind of sexy, aren't they? And there's this dark side to them and there's a, you know, there's layers to the, to the character. And, and her interpretation, there's even more layers. That's uh, quite an interesting thing to kind of bring to life, right, Kieran? Yeah, I mean, the world that Rochelle Mead built in them books is pretty spectacular. When you think of how many different vampire interpretations you see, how many do you see where it's not the vampire just living in our world, trying to mm. go amidst the, uh, they'll be hidden. 
like to really form like a dimension and like sort of like this dominion this idea that it's coexistent and that there is no hiding of sort it's just we are who we are and then she's built on top of that and yeah just fascinating really like I, I I didn't know of the books prior to doing the job I did know of the movie but then obviously you start to pick apart things and I fell in love with the story my mum's on book three now you know my mum's obsessed with that. Like she, it's a timeless book you know like, and if you're into that kind of thing I love vampires too I was a big I've always been a vampire fan but Judy put something perfectly at Comic-Con I hope she doesn't mind me quoting her because it was just like the, the best thing I ever heard about vampire stories because everyone's like yeah they're sexy they're dangerous they're mystic yeah they are all them things but she was like, someone's cursed to walk the earth for the rest of eternity. Her question is, who with? And I was like, whoa, I got goosebumps. Just, I, mean, I mean, that's like, they said, you maybe it was a hard to deep. be there moment. <laughs> but like, honestly, I was sat there in the interview and be like, that's it. And obviously our story is a little bit different to that, but it is this idea that it's an eternal thing. Who have you got? You know, who's going to be there? And uh, yeah, we challenge that. And yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Julie, for giving me that. <laughs> <laughs> that was inspiration. Yeah. Mia, how close is the, the books to the actual series themselves? Is it, is it pretty much word for word in that sense, or is there some other sort of dimensions you kind of delve into? It's definitely not word for word. It's basically like Julie and Marguerite have taken this already fascinating world, as Kieran said, and they've just like, gone even deeper and gone even further with it so it's like something already amazing and then plus more amazing pretty much and it's like each character you get to see way more of you get to dive into why each character is the way they are or what's led them to the people that they are now so yeah it's kind of just going even further than the books already were i really like the sort of location aspect like spain and portugal for some reason in my head it doesn't I'd have thought, you know, obviously the US and LA and that kind of makes sense, but or maybe even some like a, a dark Welsh castle or something that kind of <laughs> made sense. But Portugal and Spain, that was that must be a little bit different, right? Julie had said though, she was like, I want this to look like no other vampire show ever. And I think they've achieved that, definitely. Because yeah. I think the books are set in Montana, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I think this this idea of ancient times modern. Do you remember when we got that, we did this Zoom at the start where we all kind of met each other, because obviously we all auditioned on Zoom, and we did this like big group meeting to like sort of talk about the, it was like a mood board, right? Yeah. And we was all just sat there like, oh my God, yeah. We were all just looking, like you just saw everyone's faces on Zooms, like, oh my God. We were like, how is this an actual real place? And yeah, Julie said she wants it to look like nothing anywhere that anyone would kind of know of. So even after what what were we there like seven months filming i think in yeah. the end oh, wow. every day going on and seeing like the castle and the locations like was just mind-blowing constantly it was constantly being built as well like it's not it wasn't finished when we got there you know it was i mean it wasn't even near built when we got there so like as the story was developing the school was forming and coming to life and you don't have to listen the castle was there we had the foundations but then like even and hopefully we, we go again I keep saying complete but not finished you know we had this season one and it's, it did its thing but yeah, you know like it'd be great to keep, keep telling this story but the ideas that were being thrown around like oh we could do this with this space and the school just hopefully will come like a little bit of a landmark really but yeah you don't have to act when you're uh, looking at castles and you know <laughs> where was the castle itself where we where was the location for that Elite right yeah Elite but like the, 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 so the shot of the training field where you can see the castle in the background, 
Yeah. That is the actual distance. It's about 200 meters away. Oh, it's wow. oh, 400 meters, 500 meters away. It's yeah, amazing. Cool. Yeah. And they built all that, right? All the training stuff. Yeah, it was an old like monastery or something. So like the actual fight ground used to be a swimming pool, like an yeah. old swimming pool. Yeah. And then yeah. they like dug it all up and changed it. The church inside, it's just it's fascinating. The art direction, the art design was just phenomenal. Every department just so like pulled their weight so much. Like we did this in the middle of COVID, you know? Like yes, everyone really come together. And I I feel honored that we got to work with such talented people, really. You know, we were saying about the rejections that you know you have to go through. And as a fan, as an audience, you don't always think about that side of things. Even just like the research and finding these really interesting peculiar locations that can really fit into a story you don't appreciate that as well I think that's yeah that's quite interesting Mia tell me last episode we had uh, a couple of comedians there on a series called Bloods which is on Sky and they were talking about the sort of chemistry behind the scenes and what they get up to and their thing was table tennis like they were obsessed and there was like in-house competitions and the cast on this show you, you get a feeling that everyone's really close and there's a really good sort of rapport with everyone what, what was it like behind the scenes what did you guys get up to I mean it was absolute chaos, obviously. <laughs> in the best way, in the best way. I mean, we were in this village in the north of Spain. So every time we'd leave, you'd bump into someone. Like, we just kind of took over this village. Like, it was amazing because there's such a big cast. And even though a lot of us were far away from home, like, there was always someone. There was always someone you could go to, someone to hang out with. I mean, Janetta, who plays my sister, Sonia, in the show. We literally just spent every day together. We wouldn't even talk half the time, but we'd just sit there, like, just to be with someone else as well. So there was always another person. We're all going through the same crazy thing at the same time. So I think we all got really close really quick, which is amazing. And we're all still really close. So any, like, uh, Kieran, any card games? Any champions on set? Was there anything? No, they, they've got a good card game. I mean, Gambino. I... Yeah, Gambino. That's Gambino. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously I obviously didn't win a lot, so that's why I don't know the name. But yeah, no, I think just pulled together in different ways, really. Like everyone's kind of you find your people, right? And you're lucky if you find one person in a new place and there's ten people and then it grew and grew and grew as the ensemble got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just felt like home away from home. Mia's right in saying that Pamplona did kind of become our city a little bit. It's crazy. <laughs> like I miss and it's it was so small. It's yeah. a great city. It's a yeah. great city. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think, but you, you find different things as well. Like, be it the English people, like, oh, I've gone to a job. I've got my Londoners. I've got my Mancunians. And you've got all these different people from different places coming together and trading sort of cultures. And it's, it's amazing. But then little things as well. Like, we got drunk a lot. You <laughs> <laughs> said that they we played table dinner. tennis. We played beer pong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We went for dinners all the time in the same five restaurants. But then, like, Drew, for example, super athletic, plays Mason, spent so much time with the stunts team because he just found a home there. Everyone found a home in different places, you know? But yeah, I'm lucky to have met them all. I can't, I, I can't remember not knowing you all. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that's really lovely. Yeah, yeah that's I can't nice. remember my life without knowing you all. Yeah, I don't really speak to that many people on my phones except these guys. <laughs> like, and it's always like, <laughs> hey, so is anyone else feeling this way about this? Yeah. Um, yeah, we have these group chats, and if you're away for like half an hour and you miss like 300 messages at a time, because <laughs> <laughs> we're in different time zones, you miss like jokes from here and there. You're like scrolling through, like, what's everyone <laughs> yeah. 
I can just picture so many fans now being so jealous that there's this Vampire Academy group chat going on. Why can't I be a part of it? I mean, they are a part of it a lot. A lot of what's in there are like screenshots of really cool things. It's yeah. the fans. Okay, I like that. that. That's nice. Twitter's become one big group chat, really, though, hasn't it? That's what yeah. it's <laughs> Under the hashtag, it's just one big group chat. Just uh, very quickly before we talk about a plot twist person, just talking about your respective characters. And I mean, Kieran, for you coming into this, I suppose this was the first big major leading role. Yeah, yeah. for you right um so i guess there's an excitement and pressure attached to that and then his sort of story through the season talk us through that and how that experience was it's funny because we talk about re a rejection a lot um yeah. and definitely think the right thing at the right time won't miss and i was getting very close and just missing you know like and for whatever reason and then dimitri come along and it just felt really right you know i just wanted it for and it Thankfully, the Peacock team thought I was worthy. And um, there is a pressure when you're new to something. Listen, I play one of the Leeds love interests. It's a big pedestal, you know. There's a lot of pressures out there, not only from acting perspective, but visually, which is silly, but like a lot of things. But I, as a competitive newbie, actually took that in my stride and thought, this is what I've dreamed of doing. Every day for me was just bliss like honestly i can't explain i would sit in the makeup chair every morning with federico i'd put some red hot chili peppers on i'd sit there i'd close my eyes i'd just sing with him and i'd be like mate four weeks ago i was doing mortgage reports and that was enough you know what yeah. i mean that was like that was it but yeah i think uh, just resilience it helped me i found my process in auditions that i failed on and then dimitri it was all about finding him. All I was screaming for for so long was someone give me a chance for six months to sit with one person. Let me see if I can create him, you know? And uh, Dimitri come along and that was just, that was my nerd. That was like, yeah, I got my little cell of an apartment, got all my thoughts on the wall. And I just went to town really. Everything about my life in Spain was a fraction of Kieran. It became a little, I wasn't method in any way, but it was like just hyper-focused. Just wanted to sort of prove I was worthy really and enjoy it in the meantime oh, and i'm just so glad it was Dimitri. i appreciate that thank you, you. Yeah. mia talking about uh mia the vampire then she <laughs> just to, just to make that difference <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to be clear she has this aspiration to be royal right and then she makes a kind of her own discovery that actually maybe that life for her isn't what she anticipated is that a fair sort of summary yeah definitely when we first meet her it's like she's entirely geared everything towards being the queen and then that doesn't happen i don't want to give away any spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched it yet if you haven't that's very silly but... <laughs> what have you been doing um, with your time <laughs> where are you yeah and then she meets someone that kind of puts into perspective a lot of lot for her and then throughout the series she goes on this whole journey where everything kind of falls apart but in that she finds, I think, what's actually kind of important to her. So I saw a quote just, um, you know, when you're scrolling through sort of social media and these sort of inspirational quotes come along. It said about the brain being the most important organ and that you use it from the moment you're born until you fall in love. No, oh, I like that. That's wow, pretty cool. that's amazing. That's pretty good. I mean, it kind of relates to me and the vampire. That's a poetry. Can you just repeat that one more time? What was that? Um, that was amazing. <laughs> You made me, you made that sound like so enticing. I was like, tell me more about me now. Like, as in me, the character, and me, yourself. Obviously. Yeah, see, it's, it gets really, really difficult actually having the same name sometimes. 
Yeah, someone tweeted imagine. like, oh my god, I hate Mia so much. Like, <laughs> blah, 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 about the character, like, why is she this way? And then someone underneath was like, wait, Mia the person or Mia the character? <laughs> it's actually easier because I keep calling people by their character names because that's how I first, when yeah. I first met everyone, it was like, right, okay, you're, that's the face. But yours is that easy because even if I fuck it up, I'm sorry, oh, even if I mess it up, bleep, 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 it's even if I mess <laughs> bleep, it up, you can, you, can, you can say whatever you like, man. Okay, you're okay. Yeah, me or yours is easy. It was like, yeah. she doesn't even know that I messed that up. Um, <laughs> I'll be paying attention. Oh, thanks, Kieran. <laughs> Let's just talk about uh, plot twist people. We kind of define this as somebody that's been an unexpected source of friendship, of inspiration behind the scenes. Kieran, is there anyone that, that sort of comes to mind? Obviously, you know very close with your family but other people in oh, your wow. life that have... that's such a good question can i give like more than one just like three people i think really come to my mind please do that, yeah like, absolutely my acting coach is my my saving grace like he's the he's the person that was like kevin you can actually do this and he rang me every week and we he, he dimitri is as much mine as he is his you know that's one max parker who plays mikhail i'm not the most i've listened i can be quite extroverted i can be quite loud and i never shut up but i'm also very much alone as a I'm solitude I like my solitude I like my peace and quiet I like to do my things but Max Parker really kind of brought out that extrovert in me and was like a really good friend I lived in the same building as Daniela Nieves who plays our princess Lissa and uh, she would help me a lot with my process and then I'm going to say Jennifer Kirby who plays Alberta because I never thought that me and Jen would be that close but honestly some days on the set with Jen was like but no, it's like she lived this life. Like I fell in love with acting so much in the past couple of years. She's lived it, you know, as as mm. many of you. But like she she'd lived it in a different sense. Like we both have a love for literature, and I'd sit and I just listen to her talk about books and be like, oh wow, yeah. So uh, yeah, she was definitely a big plot twist person for me because she's nothing like her character as well. She is the most gentle sweetheart, and then she you hear action stone. Oh, wow. She is good it. to go. Yeah. 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 But everyone, 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 everyone in this cast is my. It's, that's, it's really lovely. It's just it almost it's just that gentle sort of tap on the shoulder, like that reassuring presence, just to just get you to that extra 15 percent. You know that sometimes can make all the difference. Mia, who is the plot twist person in, in your life? Is there somebody <laughs> looking unsure? Who might it be? I'm really lucky. I have so many like amazing people around me, but my. To whittle it down to one, my, like, literally, oh, no, I do have so many, I feel bad not mentioning so many, but my top top is my nonna. She's, like, my, like, just everything is for her all the time. Like, I just love her so much, and she's the first person to put me in my place when I need it as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I think she'd be my ultimate plot twist person. I like that. I like the sentiment. Talk to me about your sort of career, because... Um... I suppose you got into acting at a much younger age. How was that experience? You know, doing things like you did some of the big soaps and Tracy Beaker, and did that almost like set the kind of foundations to get you to these like, these bigger productions? You know, with Peacock and, and Netflix and so on. Yeah, I mean, I think everything has you know played its part in getting me to where I am now, which I'm really grateful for. But yeah, I started when I think I had my first professional role when I was seven or eight. But until I reached 18, I didn't really kind of believe. Actually, do you know what? Until I reached like 
21 no until I, i'm 25 now probably until i reach 25 i still <laughs> like actually <laughs> believe that it's doable to do this for a career each job kind of felt like next, it yeah. is it could be the last one you never know what's coming up so i still get really nervous i still don't know what to expect from each job and every time feels like the first time so i think i'm really really grateful for working since i was quite young but it still all does feel really really new and i feel like i'm learning something new every day and every person you meet you learn something new from so yeah it still feels really i feel like if you're learning though along the way then you that's a healthy thing isn't it that's got to be a positive take away from the experience and you know what we've had we've had so many guests on this podcast of and some really interesting people some have been some of the biggest movies you can think of and that sort of imposter syndrome everyone's got it it's there for everyone it's quite amazing every audition i do i'm like oh my god this is going to be the one where they're like what is she doing why is she why is she claiming she's an actor <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> you're on the rise you're on the rise mia um, <laughs> i haven't found us out yet mia we're good yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was going to just ask you what's coming up next but kieran you mentioned about um uh, and something that's interesting is sort of your bio out there sort of like the poetry that you've uh, yeah, kind of been interested yeah. in and that you've got this one side where there's the boxing where this i suppose well, you're in the gym or you're in you're sparring or in a fight, there's a certain mindset you have to be and you can't deter from that. Whereas almost poetry was another way of kind of releasing other feelings and thoughts. Is that still a big passion right for now? Yeah, do you know what? It's come a lot. I mean, it's interesting when I come back from Spain, I struggled to write. Writing's always been like a need, not a want. I would never just pick up a thing, I'm going to write it today. It was like, oh, whatever's going on, I need to put it down. I put it down on paper, put it down on my phone, whatever it is. I wrote so much in Spain. But yeah, after Spain, it was like a big come down and I really struggled and I fought against it. And I realized when I don't do the things that I need, I don't, you just don't feel yourself, right? And I guess my publicist, my team and the fans actually really encouraged me to host them more. There's a vulnerability with poetry, of course. The actor never wants to be seen, right? Uh, the, you want to see the character. It's like, let them see, don't show them. Whereas the poet has to say, look at this. And that's always been a bit of a struggle with the poetry because it's kind of like, it's always been for me. You know, it's not about anyone else, but there is like a thing in, as I get older, I come to realize that things are truly more beautiful when you share them. So I'm just trying to be a bit braver with it, really. I will write a book one day. I will. I've definitely got hundreds of them ready, but I've been taken to TikTok a little bit, which is a bit criminal for me. And I've, been, <laughs> I've been reading them out and I, if any of the fans listen to this, which I hope they do, that is because I feel safe right now because they've, uh, they want to listen and that's that's a beautiful thing to do you know that's go ride that yeah. wave face your fears people get it done. yeah be vulnerable i think that's a, there's a really positive thing in that there's, a there's so many things that are more relatable that you know we don't realize actually that's out there i'm all for that i respect that just very quickly in, in 60 seconds for both of you between you starting with you mia what's coming up next what can we look forward to are there any things that we can get excited for was it is it a bit of a secret I'm shooting a film at the moment and that's coming out, I think, May next year. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but it's really, really, really special and really close to my heart. So I'm really excited about that. And then another film called Kindling that I did is coming out next year. Again, one that's really, really special and that's got the most amazing group of people as well. So more people that I'm really grateful to have worked alongside. So, yeah, really exciting. And Kieran, Masters of the Air, that sounds... Uh... Pretty exciting. Yeah, massive, yeah. That was cool. That was a mad experience. I was only for about three weeks and I'm just hoping I'm still in it because I never got to finish filming. So, because um, <laughs> I got straight and there's so many delays. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to just watch that 
hopefully you'll see me dotting about very different from Dimitri but yeah just pushing on preparing for whatever comes there's nothing really in the line of sight at the moment just growing you know being braver there we go love it love it guys it's been a pleasure Academy. Yeah, fingers hopefully crossed, season two fingers across, fingers, fingers and toes across. Fingers let's, let's make it happen. <laughs> um, let's start the position right now. Okay. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for your time. It's been great to chat. Good luck with um, future endeavours and hopefully, yeah, we'll get series two of Vampire Academy. That's the... And then we'll be back here next year talking about all the plot twists of season two. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Manifest. Yeah, we need a part two. We've never had a part two yeah. interview, so that could be a first. Well, that's the first. And if you cheat on me with someone else, I'll be upset. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're holding it. I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Big, big thank you to Mia McKenna Bruce and Kieran Moore for coming on Plot Twist. Really they're great together they bring individual charm and charisma Kieran said he's a bit of a walking contradiction well he might be but he strikes me as the kind of dude that could go into any situation any setup any environment and he would adapt and thrive and Amir is of course just a bundle of joy and for both of them I just think there's more to come I really do some really lovely stories in there. And the, I mean, the sweetest granddad story we've probably had on this podcast with uh, Mia's granddad uh, pretending to be uh, the Titanic director, James Cameron, saying, oh, no, don't worry, it's just a film. <laughs> and I said before with Kieran, what an incredible career transition, you know, to start boxing at such a young age. And, and let's not kid ourselves. He was very talented, you know, over 70 amateur fights, traveling all down the country and internationally to compete. He, he could have gone pro, but to follow this sort of artistic passion and, and change like that was uh, a gamble, but clearly it's paid off. And it feels like quite a common theme that we have, doesn't it? That There is that sort of, not necessarily a tipping point, but a, a moment where you have to fully commit. You have to go all in, you know, and, and both of them on their respective paths, they did that, you know, so it's great to see the success that they've had. And talking of success, Vampire Academy, lots of great reviews out there. Already a fan base, particularly for Dimitri, of course. <laughs> My Dimitri, as a lot of people are saying. And if you want to see Kieran and Mia in action in Vampire Academy, all episodes are available on now. As I said before, if you love the books by Rochelle Mead, if you love the film in 2014, if you just love vampires in general, you will thoroughly enjoy the show. It's got some really good reviews out there as well. So... Go and check it out. Let us know your thoughts. And there we go. On that note, with my croaky voice, I'm going to leave it there. I hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next time. Ciao.